Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Acts, chapter 10. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Perhaps you know Today, there is a 30-foot-high statue of Peter. And when people come to visit the statue, for several centuries now, they would come by and kiss the toe of that statue. That toe has been kissed so many times that they have worn the toe off. Not kidding you. They've had to replace the big toe. Now, if that wasn't so sad, it'd be laughable. Because people want to worship Peter. Peter says, listen, that's ridiculous. Don't worship me. Peter never wanted to be worshiped. He never wanted to be exalted. And notice in verse 28, I got to move on. Then he said to them, look at it again in your Bibles. He said, listen, guys, you know, it's unlawful for a Jew to come in contact with another nation. But God has shown me I should not call any man common or unclean. Now, Remember, Peter is in the house of Gentiles, of another race of people. And Peter walks in and says, listen, any good self-respecting Jew knows that they're not to come in contact or be in the house of a Gentile. Now, I don't know if I was in that house, I wouldn't know whether to feel happy or insulted at that comment. I mean, think about it like this. Think about it. Somebody comes in the house of another race of people and they say well you know i want to tell you something normally you know we're not even supposed to be in the house with you people but god is showing me you know the emphasis on god is showing me you know that uh well you know hey, somebody said that to you and they walk you'd be like now wait a minute i think i gotta fight I think I'm going to have to cut you. I mean, I don't, I, what, I mean, what is that? You know, it'd be like, you know, oh, 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 you know, late women. They'd be like, oh, I got to take off my earrings. Oh, we finna get into it right now. I mean, oh, oh, what's that supposed to mean? I mean, you don't know whether to be happy about this or, or, or laugh about it. I mean, you know, or, or be insulted. And so Peter says, God is showing me. You see, now, no one misunderstand something here, saints. Listen to me closely. Nowhere in the Old Testament Did God ever tell the Jewish people that they were not to come in contact with Gentiles? That is not in the Bible. That is written in the annals of Jewish history. But that's not in the Bible. God never said that. As a matter of fact, are you listening? As a matter of fact, God said, Isaiah, over and over and over and other passages in the scriptures, God said that the Jew was to be a light to the Gentiles. He never said that the Jew was never to come in. This was man's doing. This was man's making. 
God never said that a Jew wasn't to come into contact with a Gentile. Why? Because listen, God, are you listening? God is not a racist. That's why. You mean only 10 people agree with that? <laughs> oh, I'm going to say that again. Otherwise, we're going to have to start back at Acts chapter 1, okay? <laughs> God is not a racist. Amen. All right, now, y'all. Why is God not a racist? Because, listen, God is not black. God is not white. God is not Asian. God is not Hispanic. Jesus' name is Jesus, and I understand in Spanish it's Jesus. But he's not Spanish, say amen. God is spirit. And they that worship him must, what please help me, worship him in spirit. God is a spirit. God is not black. God is not white. God has no ethnicity. God is God all by himself. God is separate from man. God is not like you. God is not like me. Now, we like to paint pictures of God, and, and we paint pictures of God based on our own image. But God is none of those things. God is spirit. And anybody who wants to worship God who is spirit must worship God in the spirit and in the truth of the word of God. And that's what the Bible says. So God, Peter, begins to preach at his home fellowship. And he says, I wasn't to keep company with anyone that wasn't a Jew, but God is working in me. And then Peter says, Cornelius, tell me, why did you send for me? In other words, God's working on my end, Peter says. What's going on on your end? And Cornelius says, I was fasting, I was praying. A man showed up in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer. Listen at this. Don't you remember I told you that Cornelius was not a believer, Cornelius was a devout man. He was a religious man. He paid alms and he was a religious guy, but he didn't have a relationship. And that's why Peter has to go to him. That's what the story's all about. He's not a Christian. He's not a believer. And yet we are told the scriptures tell us in verse 31, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer. Now, with a show of hands, give me your attention, with a show of hands, have you ever heard somebody say that God does not hear the prayer of sinners? I put up both mine because I heard it a lot. Okay, that's a good number of you. Many people will tell you that God does not hear the prayer of sinners. Where did they get that from? Well, they get it from John chapter 9, actually. You remember the story of the blind man. As, the, as, the, as Jesus healed the blind man, the man who was born blind, and, and, uh, and the blind man said to the religious leaders, he said, we know that God doesn't hear sinners. He said that. And so people have taken that to say that God does not hear the prayers of sinners. Listen, the Bible does not teach that. Let's unlearn what's not right and learn what the Bible says. The Bible does not teach that God does not hear a prayer of sinners. The Bible says that God does not hear the prayer of the wicked. And that's different, my friend. 
God does not hear the prayer of the wicked, and he does not. What is the difference? Well, listen, the prayer of the wicked, the wicked speaks of a person whose heart is turned away from God, and they are rebellious, and they are wicked, and in their rebellion, the Bible teaches, in their wickedness, the Bible teaches that God will not hear the prayer of the wicked. But God does hear the prayer of the sinner. Listen, if God is as simple as this, if God didn't hear the prayer of sinners, then why is anyone in this room saved? This is not rocket science work, people. If God didn't hear the prayer of sinners, then then how is it that anyone is saved? Listen, every single person in this room was not born a Christian. I remember saying that one time from the pulpit and after service, a brother came up to me and he says, oh, Pastor Rodney, what do you mean that every person in this room wasn't born a Christian? I said, well, I mean what I said and I said what I mean. No, I said, no, that's what I said. I said, no, no. I said, well, yeah, according to the Bible, and I started to wax theological, you know. Well, according to the scriptures, I'm finna break it down. You know what I mean? And tell him, you know, what the scripture said. No, I mean, nobody was born a Christian. He says, well, I was born a Christian. And I thought, oh, my goodness. Now, oh, I got trouble. And I started to get real deep, real spiritual. And he says, my last name is Christian. I looked at him and said, get out. (laughs) You know what I mean. (laughs) Okay, fine. But the Bible says, listen, the Bible is very clear. We are all born in sin. Amen, saints. And we're all shaped in iniquity. And we're all, we all were drawn away from God to the point that one day we had to ask Jesus to come into our hearts. And we had to pray and ask the Lord. So if God doesn't hear the prayer of sinners, then how did he hear you? God does hear the prayer of sinners, but he doesn't hear the prayer of the wicked. And that's why, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard. Your prayer has been heard because God hears the prayer of sinners like you and like me. Well, then notice in verse 33, I got to move on. Notice in verse 33, you might want to mark this in your Bibles. This is a very critical and crucial part in the book of Acts. Because at this point, church history in verse 33 is very, very important. Church history is poised. It's balancing right here in in verse 33. Because Cornelius' heart is open. And the history of Western civilization is going to be changed in the next five minutes. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ is about to fill the very first Gentile. Look at this in verse 34. Then Peter, look at verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth. Uh Uh-oh. That might be trouble. He opened his mouth and said, In truth, saints, watch this, I perceive. Would you underline that, highlight it, box it? I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. 
The word which God sent in verse 36 to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. What saints? He is Lord of all. Well, that word, you know, Peter said, which was proclaimed throughout all of Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism, which John preached how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about. This is what he did. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. And we apostles are witnesses of all these things, which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on the tree. Him God raised up on the third day. Saints that's talking about the resurrection and the resurrection is the heart of the gospel. You study the scriptures and you study the book of Acts and every sermon that is preached includes the resurrection. Why? Because if Jesus be not risen, our hope is in vain. If Jesus be not risen, then Jesus is no different than all the other pseudo gods who claim to die for the world, who claim to be some great thing. But the very fact that Jesus rose again sets him apart from any other person. So the resurrection is very, very, very important. And it's so important that every message preached in the scriptures includes the resurrection factor. You understand? So him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before God, even to us who ate with him and we drank with him. And he wasn't a ghost. He wasn't a phantom after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive dismissal of sins, the forgiveness, the remission, the dismissal of sins. Well, while Peter in verse 44 was still speaking these words, The Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. So give me your attention. Cornelius, the family, the friends are gathered together. And they said, Peter, we're here waiting to hear what you have to say. And the Bible says that Peter opened his mouth, which nobody ever had a hard time, by the way, of getting Peter to open his mouth. But he opened his mouth. And he said, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of person, but in every nation, very important, in the Jewish nation, in the Gentile nation, in every nation, the one who fears him and does what is right is accepted by him. Now, Peter, listen to me close, finds himself sitting before this very influential centurion, And everybody is sitting quiet, ready to be preached to. And Peter says in verse 34, in truth, saints, look at it again. I perceive. I perceive. And this is a very interesting word that Peter chooses to use. In other words, this word is communicating to us that Peter hasn't really put it all together yet. You got to understand that Peter was a racist toward Gentile people. All Jews were. Jewish people taught that Gentile people were created to fuel the fires of hell. Jewish people thought that Gentile people were created to make hell hot. So Peter was a 
racist. But when he became a Christian, now he is struggling with the racism. And now he says, listen, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. This is what I bring. He's struggling with it. He's still having a problem with it. Now, you can see it again in Galatians chapter 2. You read that in your own time. But he's struggling with it. Now, listen closely here. This is, this is close. Very important. The problem, the struggle that Peter is having isn't that Gentiles will be saved. That is not the struggle. Because over and over again in the Old Testament, you know your Bibles, it clearly spells out that Gentiles will be saved. The problem is twofold. Number one, that Gentiles will be saved and they don't have to become a Jew. Secondly, that Gentiles, that God doesn't put any difference between the Gentile and the Jew. That's the problem. The problem is a Gentile can be saved and they don't have to become a Jew and that God is not putting any difference between them. In other words, the Jewish mind thought, okay, fine, the Gentiles are going to be saved. The Gentile is going to be saved. The Jewish people, they understood that. But what they didn't understand is that when the Gentile is saved, That God is not going to exalt the Jew and make him any higher than the Gentile. What they didn't understand is that God, watch this, was trying to create one new man. Now, Paul the Apostle develops this idea. It's in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14 through 18. It's so important. We've got to read it. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one And has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is the law and the commandments contained in the ordinance. So as to create in himself, what saints? One new man from how many? Two. Thus making peace that he might reconcile what? Them both to God in one body through the cross, therefore putting to death the enmity. And he came and he preached peace to you who were far off, Mr. Gentile, and to those who were near, Mr. Jew. For through him, we both have access by one spirit to the father. You see, guys, the struggle and the troubling point is that the Gentile will come to salvation and be on equal footing with the Jew. This is the great mystery and why Peter uses the word one new man. Because and while Peter uses the word perceive because he's struggling with that. Listen, saints, understand. Listen to me closely. We and you got to hear this. We are one in Christ. And someone from some pulpit and some platform 
needs to teach the people of God that we are one in Christ. Listen, if you are not a Christian, you could go to sleep right about here because I'm not talking to you, but I'm talking to the believer. Believer, I don't care if you're white or black, Hispanic, Asian, wherever you're from, whatever you do, whatever your social economic background is, the Bible says that we are one in Christ. And when you become a Christian, there is no longer the us and them. There are no big eyes and little U's. There's all, we are all one body in Christ Jesus. And saints, you need to be happy about that. Jesus made us one. Amen. I'll wait for that. Thank you, Lord. And, and, and I am shocked. I am honestly shocked. And I am amazed at how often people are made to believe that there is some difference between any believer in the church. There are no differences. We're all one in Christ. The Bible, now listen, it's okay to be proud of your ethnicity. It's okay to be proud of your blackness. It is okay to be proud of your whiteness. It is okay to be proud of being Hispanic or whatever you are, but you must understand that you are first a Christian. And listen, after you understand you're a Christian and we are the kingdom of God and we are the people of God as one, then go ahead and be proud of your ethnicity. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't need to hide that. God doesn't change your ethnicity when you become a Christian. Don't you remember? Every nation, tribe, and tongue, and people are in heaven. Praise God. He didn't change Rodney when he became a Christian. I still like sweet potato pie. Say amen, saints. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all like pumpkin pie. That's okay. You want to make me a pie? Make me sweet potato pie. God doesn't. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Say amen if you get. And why do we feel like we got to go to church? We got to change. And so we, we have to have the all black church. And we have to have the all white church because, you know, never shall the two meet. Because, you know, we, we, we got our ways. It's that sin. That's wrong. That's sin and that is wrong. We are one in Christ. We are baptized by one spirit in the family of God. And we are a part of one race of people called Christian folk. And I love my peeps. I love my Christian folks, white folks, black folks, old folks, rich folks, poor folks, rich folks, poor folks. <laughs> Just a joke. Peter says, I perceive God's no respecter of person. That literally means that God sees no one's face. You know, God doesn't see your face. God doesn't take anyone at face value. First Samuel 16, seven, for the Lord does not see as man sees for man looks at the outward appearance. But what saints God looks at the heart. You see, God is a respecter of persons. God is a lover of persons, but he's not a respecter of persons. And in every nation who fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. Well, 
In verses 36 through 43, Peter preaches a very simple sermon, a very simple message about Christ, again, to include the resurrection. And then in verse 44, we just read it, and I'll close with this, while Peter was still speaking. Look at it again, guys. While Peter was still talking about the Holy, about God and about the things of God, the Holy Spirit fell on the Gentiles. This incident has been called in theological circles, the Gentile Pentecost, the Gentile Pentecost. The Holy Spirit fell while Peter was still speaking. The Holy Spirit interrupted Peter. Do you know Peter is the only one that I know? Listen, Peter's the only one that I know in the scriptures who has been interrupted by God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Have you ever thunk it? I think that's pretty amazing. Don't you remember when he was on Mount Transfiguration? And, 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 and they, Peter's all excited. We got to build three tabernacles, one for Elijah, one for Moses, and one for you, Jesus. And the Father's voice interrupted him and said, Peter, quiet. Listen to my son. I love him. Listen to him. The Father interrupted him. And then the Son interrupted him. Because don't you remember Jesus when Peter were talking and Jesus looked at Peter, interrupted him and said, Satan, get thee behind me. So God, the son interrupted him. And now here the Holy Spirit interrupted Peter. And, and, and maybe the Holy Spirit knows that this sermon, Peter, is, is about as best as it's going to get. You might want to just stop right here, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, sometimes your sermon can get to the point where, where you're pushing it. No one say amen. Okay. You know, Chuck Smith tells the story of an old guy and an oil developer who was an oil developer. And he said to him, true story. He said, Chuck, if you're drilling for 20 minutes and you haven't struck oil, quit boring. And so Peter, he comes with this great line, you know, look, look, look at it. Right. Let me see. Where is that? Look at verse 42. He comes to this great line about God being the judge of the living and the dead. I mean, he's just really preaching it. He's letting it go, and it's really going well. And he said, all the prophets are witness that whoever believes on his name will be forgiven. And I think the Holy Spirit just said, Peter, that's good, dude. That's enough. And the Holy Spirit fell. And listen on the people. And listen, next week, you don't want to miss it. In verse uh, 44, we'll pick up our study that... Um, it's awesome how we see the gospel, the filling of the Spirit go to the Gentiles, and that's why we're saved. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.